What do you say, everybody? It's Mick Gillespie. It's time for our Sunday night conversation. We're going to take your calls, and we appreciate all of you guys that are with us tonight to talk Alabama football. If you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up. Say, hey, I appreciate the fact that you guys are hanging with us on a Sunday night. Subscribe to the Bama Insider YouTube channel. And for those of you that are listening, and maybe you're doing that on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to the Bama Insider channel. I'm Mick Gillespie, and it is a pleasure to have you guys with us here tonight. We're going to talk Alabama football. Big win over Arkansas sets up for a showdown in the SEC championship game coming up on Saturday against the Florida Gators. You got Florida losing to LSU, but I guess the big news is that Gus Malzahn was fired by Auburn today. He's their head coach after a six and four season. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was unfair. I mean, I think he's done a nice job, but the expectations are higher than what he was able to perform getting to a national championship game, you know, winning an SEC title, you know, beating Alabama. That was not good enough. And so he was let go. So we're going to talk about the possibilities to replace him, the fact that he was fired, and all that stuff. Uh, tonight on our show. We appreciate you guys as you uh, call in tonight, 205-850-0883. And I'm going to go uh, keep an eye on all of your uh, your chats. I appreciate those. Good to see Jay's in the house tonight. What's up, Jay? Um, you know, all you guys that are watching, roll tide to you. You know, I graduated from Alabama. I'm, I'm, I try to be objective, but look, man, I guess uh, I, say, uh, I say roll tied to all you guys that are hanging tonight look I think uh, JG I think that Auburn's going to make a play for Steve Sarkeesian um, I did the um, the the Max and Mick podcast today with coach Max Howe and, and that's what he hit me with right off the bat and I, I never even thought about it and I see the list that is uh, kind of floating around out there you got uh, Hugh Freeze who is at Ole Miss and now at Liberty, you know, his name's been hot in a lot of places. You got Lane Kiffin now with some people saying possibly him, which would be interesting. Billy Napier, who's at Louisiana, is a name, you know. Uh, Cristobal with Oregon. And then, of course, Steve Sarkeesian with Alabama. So the phone lines are open, and I'm going to go right to the phones and get things going. Uh, Roll Tide, where you come from tonight? What you got going on? Who's this? Oh, it's me, buddy. It's, it's that boy from Selma, Alabama. Yeah. What's up? You know, Jeff. Oh, no, man. I'm, I'm ready for this. Uh, I'm ready for this SEC championship game. Uh, there's a lot of uh, hoopla coming from the Florida fans since they lost to LSU. Uh, so uh, it, it's kind of a right now. Uh, Florida's looking like I don't know. They're, they're looking like. Somebody's about to get beat Saturday. What you think? Yeah, look, I, I was um, I was surprised that that they weren't better prepared to to play that game against LSU. I mean, you know, the way that LSU got rolled by Alabama and Auburn this year, yeah. I thought Florida would would handle their business. But what happened was they they left uh, LSU in the game. And they turned the football over, and when you turn around, all of a sudden you're like fourth quarter. You got a football game going, and you're saying, hey, these guys have a chance. But 
you know, the bonehead play of the year is the the shoe toss. I mean, because look, if the, if the guy doesn't throw the shoe, LSU kicks the ball back, Trask goes down the field and scores. And not only does Florida beat LSU, but Trask all of a sudden becomes the big time favorite to win the Heisman. All that changed in one mighty toss of a shoe. Oh, and two interceptions. Right. The interceptions, too. I mean, they, they were killing – Florida turning the ball over is the only reason why LSU was in the game. But i got to give LSU credit. I mean, as as terrible as they are this year, to go in and win a game like that, that's a big signature win. Oh, I, I gave them credit, too. I, I, said, I told all LSU fans, I'm glad y'all beat Florida. I hate Florida. I can't stand them. Uh, I mean, I knew they didn't have any implications of going to a playoff or nothing like that. They might go to a bowl game after this. We'll see. Um, but uh, the, the the big thing that I'm um, I'm looking at right now is, is I'm looking at progression from Alabama from <clears throat> from the second quarter, second half of the Georgia game to now. Look at that. Yeah. You, I mean, look at our defense. Look at what our defense has held Arkansas to three points. Yeah. Yeah. Three. I know. I know, and they scored 35 against Florida. Uh, I'm really just, like, amazed at how good this defense has played because, you know, you talk about the way that college football is set up now. It's set up for the offense to have a lot of success and the defense to struggle. Um, You know, the the best athletes are on offense now and all these teams, you know, but Alabama's gotten better. The secondary's played really well, but it's been oh, the guys yeah. at the line of scrimmage that are making the difference. When Big Barrymore's in the background and, and the backfield, and you know these guys oh, are, yeah. are 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 breaking through and forcing these quarterbacks to have to hurry their throws, that's when Alabama really is able to take advantage with their defense. All right, and another thing, you never look past a rival. I don't care what team it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's the I don't care if it's the Golden Bears against the, the Kitty Cats. You never look past a rival. Never. Well, the thing about a team like LSU is is that they've got athletes. I mean, they've got um, you know they got guys who um, are four and five star talent players. And if and you know they can do things. I mean, and we saw that. You know, Florida Florida looked past. LSU, obviously, you know, who knows? Maybe they were, you know, looking ahead on film or, or whatever. But they they cost themselves, I think, a shot at the college football playoff because even if they beat Alabama, I don't think they're going to go. They're not beating Alabama. It's, it's No. I've said it all year long. I've said that Florida was overrated. I've, I've called out Florida fans. I've told them how to – who to – what they're about. I told them they don't have no defense. I told them that, and I've seen uh, what they did to their offense last night. Did mm-hmm. you, I mean, come on. I mean, had they fell up? They just self imploded. That's what that's what Florida did. Yeah. I mean, the first game I can understand with with A and M. I thought you know maybe you know I'll give them a chance to see what happens, and then they lose to LSU, a team that we beat by thirty eight points. 38, okay? That's, come on. That's ridiculous. And, and then you lose by three. And, and, and then, you, then your coach, oh, and then Mullins all on the phone, all on the interview talking about, well, you know, you could tell he was sad, down and depressed or whatever. 
I, I can understand that. You just lost to LSU, a three and five team that uh, <clears throat> you, you gave life to. That's pretty much what they did. They gave life to a dying LSU team. Yeah, it's a funny thing yeah. is that this game's going to really be kind of a showcase for the Heisman Trophy, but I'm starting to think that the showcase is going to be between Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. Yeah. I mean, Trask yeah, could win it, though, too. I mean, look, if Trask has a huge game against Alabama, they win the game, you know, that can all change in one week. But uh, I'm telling you right now, yeah. it hey. feels like it's going to come down to those two guys with Alabama. Man, do, do you see I – mean, honestly, ask yourself, do you see Florida fixing their problems with a week to go after they lost to LSU and their team's already down as it is? Yeah, I know they're going to come in with their hair on fire and think they're going to do something, but Alabama's defense is too strong. Alabama's offense can score on anybody, anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. They can go down the field and score and don't it, – it, it, look. Mac Jones didn't even get a touchdown in the Arkansas game. Mm -hmm. All the players did the job. Everybody did something. Mac Jones didn't have to have me nothing. Hand the ball off once twice. That's it. Well, we got a whole week before Bama goes after another SEC championship. And this is the 10th time that Alabama and Florida have played for the title. I mean, this has been since they started this game in 1992. This has been the featured matchup. Alabama against Florida. For the SEC championship, Tide holds a 5-4 advantage in these games. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this thing goes down. I think Florida's going to have to find – they're going to find a lot of extra motivation after the way that they gave that game away to LSU. But, you know, the way that Alabama's focused right now, the way that this team has been on a mission all year to win championships, these are championship games. You know, you win these and, you know, you you win this one, you get a ring, Right. You win the next yeah. one, you go to the championship game, you win that one, and you go down in history as right. You go down as one of the the, the greatest teams in Alabama history. You know, and, and and Chris, you bring up a great point. You know, LSU was down their best three corners and lost that yeah. football game. Yeah. Uh I, I don't know what to expect against Florida. I think they're gonna play Alabama a lot tougher than they played against LSU. I think they're gonna be focused a lot more on Alabama than they were LSU, but they they're gonna have to play their best game to beat Alabama. And, you know, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I just I just feel like this Alabama team's on a mission. It is on a mission. They're on a mission to win championships. Hurtain said it. Devontae Smith said it, Najee Harris said it, and Waddle said it before he got hurt. Yeah. That's four people, that's four players right there that come back just to beat everybody and go for a national championship. Yep. That's what they came back for. No doubt. Well, anything else before I get to the next call and uh, way to get us going tonight, by the way? Roll Tide. No, I'm, I'm good, man. I just had to get that off my chest because, I'm, like I said, I was just tired of hearing all these Florida fans. So, when we come to your house, excuse me, when we come to the ATL, which is our house, by the way, uh, prepare to lose. That's, that's all. Florida, you can you can forget about everything else. Uh, Trash is not winning the Heisman. It's not happening. Our defense is going to stop him cold. And that's it. Uh, I ain't going to put no score up yet. I'll, I'll do that Friday. Yeah, just hold on to that. Roll Tide, my yeah. friend. Great call. I will. Roll Tide, brother. That's how you get a show started. 
And we appreciate all you guys. I'm going to get to all these calls, by the way. So just hang in there with us. Alabama with a win, 52-3 to three over Arkansas. This is Bama Insider on our YouTube channel. So for everyone watching out there, hey, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Call in if you want to talk about Alabama, Arkansas, Alabama, Florida. But I guess the other thing right now is Gus Malzahn fired from Auburn and, you know, and Steve Sarkeesian all of a sudden emerging as one of the five candidates to possibly go there. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think that would be a great move for him. But uh, at the same time, there'd be a lot of money on the line if he did decide to go to Coach Auburn. Not that he's underpaid right now. He's the highest paid offensive uh, coach or actually assistant coach in college football. All right, let's go back to the phone lines again. Uh, who's this and where are you calling from? Uh, yes, hey, Mick, this is Jarvis calling from Texas. Hey, what's up, Jarvis? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mick, I don't know where to start. I mean, yesterday provided so many takes that it's, it's a lot to chew on. <laughs> well, I mean, look, the, 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 the three-headed attack that Alabama has right now, I mean, we, we want to talk about, you know, who's better, Mac Jones or Devontae or, or Najee. I'm going to tell you guys right now, and I'll tell you this too, Jarvis, the, the offensive line is making these guys right now. This offensive line is the best one I think Alabama's ever had. I mean, it's it's amazing what these guys are doing. And 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 they're like umpires in baseball. When you have a great umpire, you never notice that the guy's back there. He just gets all the calls right. The offensive line is quietly mauling the opposition every week. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and one thing about this offensive line that goes underrated is that, that how intelligent they are. I mean, they they all play smart. I mean, we we're not penalized a lot. They they don't get beat a lot. They keep Mac upright. So. I think they're one of the most physical and most intelligent offensive lines of the Saban era, if you ask me. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it, they, they have gelled into uh, what's going to eventually be an entire line of guys that are in the NFL. You know, I mean, like, it, the, the talent, like, they, it's crazy to look at what we got right now where you're saying, okay, you know what, like um, the quarterback, the running back, and uh, the receiver are all guys who could win the biggest award that you give an individual in college football. But none of that happens if the offensive line isn't absolutely dominating. That's true. And uh, and uh, and to kind of piggyback on that point, Mick, uh, I kind of just have a, a tidbit about the LSU-Florida game and about the Bama-Florida game. And of course, the Gus Malzahn, and then I'll definitely let you get back to the phones. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 funniest thing I think about the Gus Malzahn situation is literally last night after the game, there's a video of him dancing in the locker room with his team, just like Nick Saban did with Georgia. And then the next day, he literally gets fired. So I know he did not see that coming. I know after he beat uh, Mississippi State, he thought he was good, but they literally pulled the rug from under him, and that was. Oh, pretty funny. Yeah. $23 million, Jarvis. I mean, I could, you could fire me from my job here. If, if Kyle would pay me $23 million, I'd be dancing too. You know, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think the guy's done a bad job. I mean, look, he's, he's beat Alabama. He's been up there in recruiting. They contend for championships. It's Auburn. And, and I, I know that that's hard for some people to kind of, you know, understand, uh, but it's not Alabama. Uh, and it's not LSU, it's Auburn. You know, they're a step under the the big-time schools, but they have those years where they're as good as anybody out there. And I thought Gus Malzahn – I think that – and I'll say this too, kind of the other side of the coin on this is that 
we we talked to our buddy Jay Tate from Auburn Sports. You know, before the uh, the game against Auburn, he was a guest on the on the Friday night show, the tailgate show, and he's like, you know, mm-hmm. Gus. He said Gus lays a turd. And that turd this year was South Carolina. And and we're not used to that anymore. You know, when, when Mike Shula was coaching Alabama, you, you knew that there was going to come a game that you should win that you weren't going to win that because he that his team was not going to be prepared. He was not a great head coach. He was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't the worst. Kind of towards the bottom in my mind. Um, Gus Malzahn is a lot better. But at the same time, when you lose those games to teams like uh, South, this year's South Carolina team, you know, Tennessee a few years ago, that wasn't very good. Th- that'll get you fired. Yeah, I mean, uh, great points. And I think what really doomed Gus for this season was that uh, Texas A&M game. Uh, even though Texas A&M was ranked higher, Auburn was in control for most of that game. And I think those fans really thought that they were going to win that game. And I think once he lost that game, uh, after the pummeling by Alabama, that was just kind of the uh, – the final straw, regardless how the rest of the season went for Auburn, in my opinion, that Texas A&M game. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that too. And I, but I thought they played well. You know, like I, I, I don't know. Like I, I guess I just look at it and I say that Auburn's a, a good team this year. They're not a great team. You know, they 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 were competitive in that one. Uh, they got blown out by Alabama. Something that I think hurts Gus as well. It seems like when they lose, they get their you know they get their butts whooped, but. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I'm, cu- I'm, I'm so curious to see who they hire. And when, when Max House suggested that it could be S- Steve Sarkeesian, I'm like, mm, I don't like that one too much. Now let's not, <laughs> you need to stay out of Tuscaloosa, Auburn. Yes. I think that Auburn job will, will be the hottest commodity job uh, in a while. Um, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people want to be in that area and have that recruiting access and, you know, just have that kind of uh rapport with Saban so I think that will be a highly coveted job and like you said it will be interesting uh to see what happens and I just have one more point Mick and I'll definitely let you uh get back to the call yeah uh, I think the funniest thing about Florida this year is that if you look at it their two losses literally both came by teams that we beat by 28 points or more the week before Texas a and by 28 they turn around and lose by three and then uh LSU we beat by 38 and they turn around and lose by three again by to both of those teams. So I think that's a funny stat as well. Uh, also, I saw that Alabama this year was the first SEC team with five 50-point games uh, in a regular season. So, I mean, it's, what a time to be a Bama fan, number one in the field, number one in recruiting, uh, going to bring home the Heisman between Mac or Devontae. So it's just uh, it's a great time to be a Bama fan. So that's, that's all I can, I can say, Mick. <laughs> great call, Jarvis. Roll Tide, man. And I agree. Look, I agree with Jarvis. It is a great time to be an Alabama fan. I mean, Kyle doesn't even know what it's like to 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 be around Alabama when they weren't winning every game. You know, I'm telling him about the days where, where we we couldn't beat Auburn. You know, we lost to Tommy Tuberville. We lost to LSU. Alabama couldn't beat Tennessee. They lost the bowl games. They didn't make the bowl games. They, they, they didn't get the recruits. You know, we all sat on the edge of our seats because Mike Shula thought he was going to get Tim Tebow to come to Tuscaloosa. He was never going to get Tim Tebow. I don't care how many times Tim Tebow made him think he was coming. The guy had like Florida Gator Christmas ornaments, you know, and then Nick Saban comes to town and all of a sudden all that stuff changes. And, you know, Alabama's been this mega program. Uh, and it is a great time to be here. I mean, it might not, never happen again. I mean, we've never seen this kind of dominance from a program. 13 straight years where, you know, Alabama's been number one. Uh, 
205-850-0883. Want to hear from you guys. And uh, one of our great callers is Jarek from Buffalo. Jarek, man, what's up? Thanks for calling in. Man, nothing much, man. Uh, Mick, I'm, I'm just going to piggyback, uh, piggyback, you, piggyback off you real quick, man. I remember uh, watching Alabama. My first Bama game that I ever watched, I was seven years old. Well, this was back in 2005 when they played against Tennessee, and I remember watching that game. I, I wasn't a huge fan of college football. I was always above a huge Bills fan, but I was never a huge college football fan. I remember watching Alabama beating Tennessee, and I'm like, wow, this is such a dominant team. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was it was a defensive gridiron, but I mean that defense was unreal. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is this is I like this team. I, I like the Crimson. This is going to be the next national champions. And then and then the next two years, it was like watching the Buffalo Bills all over again with JP Lawson. But it was horrible <laughs> when and, and it was in it was in, in the oh six and oh seven. But yeah, man. I mean, who would have ever expected after what you saw from Mike Shula and then of course you know Nick Saban coming in his first year that Alabama was going to win five national titles, seven national championship appearances, uh, numerous amount of divisional and uh, SEC titles and number one recruiting classes. I mean, who, I mean, no one would have expected that. No, no. one would have expected another Bear Bryant. Uh-uh. Uh, I mean, w- that was like maybe a once in 100 years in getting a coach. And then all of a sudden we're in an era now, in the mo- we're in the modern era of, 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 Bear, of Bear Bryant. If not a, a more polished, better version of Bear Bryant. I mean, Nick Saban can go on and be elite for until he retires. I mean, I can literally see this for another five to seven years when Nick Saban's in his in his mid seventies. Uh, just it, it's just it, it is amazing to kind of see where this program is. And looking at yes, and looking at that Florida game, Alabama's not messing that up. I mean, they've won ninety eight straight games against unranked opponents. Ninety eight games against unranked opponents. Nick Saban has never lost to an unranked opponent ever. Uh, since his time here and being Alabama, so that just that that should just tell you right there what type of program Nick Saban has built. Yeah, well, you know, I was at the game. It's funny you bring up that that uh, 05 or 06 um, Alabama Tennessee game. I th- I still think that was I think it was 05. You're right, but anyway, I, I think that was one of the greatest games I've ever been at as far as just crowd noise and enthusiasm. I mean, the game was, it was a six to three final, right? And I see Roman Harper now, he's like on the SEC network, like he's an analyst. Mm -hmm. But in that game, Tennessee was going in for the, what would have been the game winning touchdown at the end of the fourth quarter. And Roman Harper like jarred the football loose. I forget the guy's first name, but his last name was Anderson for Tennessee, their fullback. He fumbled through the end zone. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, Christensen hit the field goal to give Alabama the uh, the lead. And it was like the it was a, a, like the offense wasn't good, but there was like one big pass down the sideline in that game. I've never heard the stadium louder. And, you know, it was because Tennessee had beaten Alabama so much. And Philip Fulmer, you know, was accused of turning Alabama in for cheating. And people were angry at him. And um, the the thing that like, kind of just as a fan that day, and I, and I, I look, Philip Fulmer's a, uh, you know, he's a coaching Hall of Famer, right? I mean, like that was kind of when things started to really turn around for Alabama in that series. Uh, but I, the, the 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 strip was under construction, and I went to the Houndstooth. Uh, the bar, the old houndstooth after the game. And some guy had this, I'll never forget it. He had this giant like 
this 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 person on a stick, you know, like that he had made at the mm. the print shop, and it was a man sitting on the toilet, you know, and then he had Philip Fulmer's head on there, and Tennessee's buses were coming up the strip. And the construction had them stopped, even with the police escort. And I'll never forget looking at this guy and everybody realizing that there's Coach Fulmer and there's Tennessee's buses, and they were stopped right in front of the uh, the Hound's Tooth, right on the strip. And this guy running over and waving that big stick uh, at Phil Fulmer, and Phil Fulmer kind of just looking over and just like, "I'm getting out of here," and they they got him out of here. But it was like it was almost like I was in a movie. At that moment. And then you go back to like that win. And then you're right. I mean, after Mm -hmm. that, Alabama stunk again, you know, like they went into losing. And then since Nick Saban's been at Alabama, it's like it's just been unprecedented to see the string of success that this program is having right now. You know, and Tennessee's really not even a rival anymore because Alabama's dominated them so much. Um, But you what it's what you what you hit on is such an accurate point is that. Since that first year, Nick Saban and Alabama have not lost to teams like LSU that are unranked. They beat all the ranked teams, and when Alabama's gotten beaten, the teams that have won the football games against them, the LSUs and the the Auburns, the years that they've beaten Alabama, uh, even that South Carolina team that beat Alabama in 2010, they've either had the best game of the season or they have just been really good teams and beat Alabama. It's not like Alabama's giving games away. Yeah, they were all good teams. I mean, you know, so I think South Carolina was like the lowest team with like nine wins. I think like everyone else has been they've they've gone ahead and won Sugar Bowls, or they've gone ahead and, and had 10, 11, 12 game winning seasons. So yeah, Bama has not lost to any scrubs. They've all been really good football teams. Now we've almost lost to some good teams like you know Tennessee back in two thousand nine, thanks to the the Cody block. And then you look at the uh, I think the closest. I mean, the Ole Miss game for this year. I mean, it was forty eight to you know sixty three, and it was in. You know, in you take away Lane Kiffin not going for it on fourth down and, and the uh, the botch uh, the botch snap which which ended up uh, Ole Miss selling for a punt. I mean, who knows? Ole Miss could have won that could potentially win that game. So we've had some close shares with bad teams, but it's either been very very early on early on when Bama's still trying to find his stride, or you know, or it's just you know that team played their best game. It's not even that we took off. It's just that they played to their heart's content. Right. They really did. And they, you know, in, in Alabama, they have to make like a hundred different mistakes. I mean, it, it just has to be an Alabama bad day yeah. uh, in order for them to, 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 to almost lose that football game. But, you know, just, just going back to Florida real quick, man, about Marco Wilson throwing his shoe. I mean, that is the stuff right there that makes you appreciate Nick Saban and this Alabama coaching staff. I mean, yeah, we get on Pete Golding and we get on a lot of these coaches. We've, we've gone on, uh, some of the past coaches, uh, right, the Tosh LePoys when he was here, uh, the Bakers of the world. But then you have to kind of real, you kind of have to realize and, and see players throwing shoes on the football field and saying, you know what, as as critical as we've been on these coaches recently, at least we will never see that happen where uh, where that literally cost them the playoffs. Literally cost them the playoffs. Now. They probably wouldn't. They would. They should have went to overtime, and who knows? Florida, Florida looked like they had all the momentum in the world, and they probably would have got out and won that game. And quite frankly, I would, I would love Florida to win that game so Alabama could end their playoff hopes. But for him to just throw a shoe, to throw a cleat twenty yards down the—I mean, what 
gives you the what what were you what were you thinking? I mean, I don't like you know talking about kids like that, but when you take someone's shoes off and throw and, and throw it twenty yards down the football field, it's just who wh- why it's, it's why. What do you think was worse that the the shoe toss last night or the uh, the 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 player in the egg bowl last year? that um acted like a dog and tried to pee on the pylon you know oh man i mean what like more (laughs) it's like which one which one of those is worse oh my goodness you know what i I, you know what i'm gonna say elijah moore because go back to i think a a couple years prior dk metcalf did the same celebration and it and i think Ole miss actually lost the game because of that celebration right so how so so and all you and then two years later you do the same thing. I guarantee you they went over that in practice. They they did the same thing that DK Metcalf did, and it and it ended up cost them. And the the funny part is they're both really good receivers, as we all know. With DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore could very well end up being a really good receiver in the NFL too. So yeah, that that I, I would say that was worse. That was worse in my opinion because you it, it happened before, and now you're literally repeating the same thing over again. But yeah, this one is equally as bad. I mean, you can make an argument that this one's worse because this literally is a playoff crusher. Yeah. Ole Miss wasn't getting into the, to the playoffs. That's literally crushing your playoff hopes. And I know Mullen is sick to his stomach. I know those players are sick to his stomach. I know the players. Uh, it's funny, if you actually go back, as soon as he tried to throw the shoe, you actually had one player that tried to deflect. He tried to deflect the shoe. He saw it happening, and he actually tried to rush in and stop him from throwing the shoe. Right. And as soon as he did it, he punched Marco Wilson right in the face. So, uh, you know, it it's just I, – I, it's, it's crazy to me. I, I mean, like I said, I understand you're in the heat of the moment. You feel like you've made a, you feel like you've made a play, but you cannot be throwing cleats, man. You just – you cannot be doing that. Well, here, here's what I think. Like, the Egg Bowl, you know, the, the, that, that ended up costing the Egg Bowl to uh, Ole Miss last year. But it was two really bad teams. I mean, like, who cares? You know, like, I mean, and and I say that, and I'm not on the team, you know, and I know that I've got some buddies that love Mississippi State and Ole Miss. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it was a it was a penalty, and the guy came back and kicked the ball, missed, and so it's it's on the kicker too, right? The problem with this is that is is that Florida was going to win that game as soon as Kyle Trask got the football back they were going to cut up LSU go straight down the field score and win the game i mean like uh, Trask would have been the the to- toast of the town today talking about the Heisman i mean he probably had 500 yards passing and what the game winning score and that would have been that and we'd be talking about Alabama and Florida and Florida would be like hey you know what we probably need to be a little more serious and and be focused whatever like it's just when Nick Saban took over the Alabama program, and, and I talked about like that first year, that 2007 season, I remember being at the games, and you know the receivers used to do this thing where they would run down the field, and uh, I remember one of the guys was Keith Brown. I don't remember who the other receiver was, but they used to run and taunt the opposing team student section, and you could see Nick Saban on the sideline. That used to get his blood boiling. He hated that so much. You know, and it was DJ Hall. Yeah, DJ Hall. You're right. And they would do that. And then you could see him, you know, just kind of like, hey, that's not what we do. And then 2008, you know, you saw less of that stuff. 2009, they win every game and they win a a national championship. And from there, it's like this 
you know, at, at Alabama, it's like you, you, Nick Saban really pushes these guys to mentally win as much as physically win. I thought it was funny, and you guys probably saw this too, that when um, the the they the sideline girl at, taught, interviewed Nick Saban after the game, and she's like, you know, I know that was one of your goals to win ten games this year in the SEC, and and then as nice as um, as Nick Saban can be on something like that. He's like, that was not one of our goals, you know? And it's like, the results aren't the goal. It's the process. It's doing things the right way. It's being prepared. It's, you know, not throwing a shoe in that situation. It's, you know, all of the things that it takes to be a great teammate and to go into the game with, you know, the expectations that you're going to do your very best and you're going to take care of your job. Like, you know, she did, she you know, she didn't mean anything by it, but she just didn't understand. Like it's, it's the goal isn't to win every game. The goal is to be prepared and do your best every game. And and the results are kind of the, the result of doing everything the right way. And you can tell when you watch other programs like Florida, where you got a player that would pick up a shoe and chuck it like, like you were out on a rec field playing. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we used to do in the neighborhood. I mean, if someone's shoe came off, you know, a guy might like toss it up in a tree or something. I mean, like, and it'd be funny. In this case, Florida just cost themselves a, a legitimate shot to get into the, even if they beat Alabama, they don't have a shot to get into the college football playoff anymore oh, because no. of that. I mean, unless, unless they like win by like, 40 or 50 points, they're not getting in. I, they're not the cut. The playoff committee, they have, they have let us know that Ohio state's getting in. They win their game. They're getting in. They're getting in. Uh, you know, even if, you know, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame again, I feel like there's going to be someone else that's going to jump them. Uh, Florida's not getting in, mm-hmm. even if they do beat Alabama. That, that, that is, that is not uh, happening, but you know what, you know what, Mick, What's if that? they just, if they would have started the uh, Kyle Pitts instead of sitting him out for the Alabama football game, who knows? The result could have had, the, the result could have changed because you know because the Kyle Pitts when you miss a, a a red zone target like that Florida struggled in the red zone right Florida struggled in the red zone and they're like well what if Kyle Pitts was there if Kyle Pitts was there right Pitts was right there guess what there's a bunch of mismatches that you can that you can have that you can throw him uh, you can you can use him in the scene you can throw a fade to him and he'll go up and get those passes uh, so you you miss him but I, it's like even without Kyle Pitts. Ellis, look at the Ellis. Eric Gilbert opted out. That's their best receiver. He opted out for the season. Terrence Marshall opted out. Ingram was hurt. I mean, they were down to their third string running back. They started a second string quarterback who was a true freshman and Max Johnson who never started a, a game at LSU before in his life. I, I mean, Florida, and then and then that defense, uh, Mick. That defense has always played like this. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they really took off because if you go back and look at their games, that's how their defense always plays. They're undisciplined. They're, the back end of their secondary, they have, they don't have. They, I mean, they look like Alabama for like the first three weeks of the, of the season. Just miscommunication. Uh, we don't know what. To, I mean, we don't whether it's zone concepts or man concepts. They they just they just can't really stay in their assignments. Uh, it seems like they don't understand at all what's going on. It, it's just. It's it's that floor. I mean, besides their offense, which is more of an air rate style type of offense, that defense has looked pathetic. It's looked pathetic, and when you can't, when you got guys like Kayshawn Butte, who's the fourth string receiver, have over just absolutely torch up your defense like that, especially going against the best corner in your team, Mr. Shu himself, Marco Wilson, 
And then you look at guys like Kirkland and uh, 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 Coy Moore and those guys, just, just, just absolutely just destroying your defense. That, that's, you don't deserve to get in. Yeah, I'm look, I'm I, I hear you. I mean, like I'm I, I feel the same way. I, I just kept watching and I'm going, okay, this is the moment where, you know, Florida turns it on and puts these guys away. You know, this is the moment where where they and then I saw that play with the shoe and I see the officials kind of all meeting and I'm going, okay, what what do we got going on here? You know, like what what is what is this? And then in the blink of an eye, like you know, they gave LSU life and you know, like it, it's it's just it's still astonishing to me. But I got to say this, too. Like, this is what makes college football great. I mean, this is why I don't oh, want to yeah. have like a 16 team playoff. These games count, man. Like you lose this game. It's counting against you. Like you just lost a game that is you know almost like a playoff game. It's a playing game. Like you got to keep winning, you know, whether it's like game two or game 10, you know, like in, in the NFL you know, games don't matter as much. You get into the playoffs, you know, like they take like half the team get teams get in, you know, or whatever. Um, uh, in college football, you got to be prepared every week. And and if you're LSU, you know, like you you got an opportunity to make your season a lot better. They did that win for them. I think changes their their season uh, enormously. You know, enormously. Like because now, as as embarrassing as they they were last week they just got a signature win and that's a great win i mean like i i hate to say it but that's that's a the type of win that helps you in recruiting you know look at tennessee right now with all the recruits jumping ship and going to other programs like lsu needed a win like that florida absolutely overlooked them but every single game matters when you when you um you know when you play college football you know and and uh, i appreciate the uh the super chat, and I'm telling you, like every game matters in college football. That's why we love it so much. That's why, look, we're talking about Alabama and Arkansas, you know, and 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 Alabama and Auburn, and it doesn't matter what year it is, Alabama and whoever, and Florida and LSU, because all these games count if you're trying to compete for a championship. And uh, college football has the best regular season out there. Oh yeah, I com- I completely agree. And uh, I- I'm just gonna make a last point. I know I'm holding you up a little bit, but Florida has lost to two teams that they overlooked. They lost to two teams that they were favorites and that they were and that they were uh, uh, a ten a ten point at least a ten point favorite uh, according to the spread. They lost to both those teams. So even if they beat Alabama in that way, they don't have the strength of schedule. They do not have the strength of record to overtop Alabama. And quite frankly, I would not blame Alabama at all. Well, this is not going to happen, but I wouldn't blame Nick Saban at all. So you know what? I like what Ohio State's doing, just resting, and, and, and they have three canceled games, and they get to be the freshest team because they're going to crush Northwestern, but they're going to be the freshest team to go to the college football playoff. We just lost Christian Harris for we don't know how long. Well, how about we just put the second string in there? How about we just – I mean, since the Florida Gators, since you would be overlooking opponents so badly, how about we just rest our starters, honestly? Uh, but, you know – of course, that would never happen. But you know, it's just, it's just, it's it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy to me. I, I do agree. This is what makes college football so so special. Uh, I, I I do hate the fact though that you know you have teams like Coastal Carolina who's eleven and zero, and that they're going to, they're going to go against the team that destroyed the best team in the Big Twelve in Louisiana Lafayette and Coastal Carolina 
is not even going to have an opportunity and and uh, uh, Cincinnati's not going to have an opportunity. And even Iowa State, I mean, Iowa State and Oklahoma, those teams have, have played really, really good football so far. Uh, so, yeah, it, USC, if USC goes undefeated, they're not even going to have a chance to get into the college playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, besides the way that the format is right now, and I understand it's a strange year, I think college, this has been one of the best years I think I've seen for college football. Uh, I would love for, for this to, to be a conference format. Uh, I think just by playing in conferences only, we really get to see who truly are the best teams in college football right now. And even though, uh, you know, people, a lot of people are probably going to forget this Alabama team that they do end up winning a national title and they have an undefeated record. Uh, surely we won't because this is, if they win the national title, this is, if this is going to go down as one of the, the this is probably going to be the best Nick Saban coach football team we have ever seen. Because how do you go from having one of the worst defenses in college football to having a backup quarterback who was the third string quarterback who no, who no one ever expected to, uh, to, to, to be a Heisman, uh, Heisman Trophy contender to losing Jalen Waddle, arguably the best receiver on your football team or the most explosive player on your football team, and you end up the first team to go 10-0 and in the SEC. No one's ever done it, and no one will ever do it. And then you end up going to the college football playoffs, and you beat whoever's there. You win the national title, and it's just this will be an amazing. This is this is an amazing year so far. That's yeah. just all I have to say for that. Well, Jared, great call, man, and I agree. Look, I, I think that um, you know that that he, you're exactly right. I mean, that this this Alabama team they have three more games to win. They got to win in Atlanta, and then they got to win in the college football playoff twice, and they'll be undefeated. But just it, it's more than just the the wins and losses. It's more than just Mac Jones and Devonte Smith and Najee Harris. It's the offensive line, the offensive line with this defense that's come together. But this offensive line is the stuff of legends. Uh, it's, it's, they're, they're so, they're so good. And we, we, we don't pay attention as much as we probably should because of the fact that, you know, look, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we, it's an offensive line. They're quiet, you know. They they uh they just go out there and maul everybody over, and and you just all you see are running backs just breaking into the secondary and receivers catching the ball. And Mac Jones having all day to throw the football. Um, but you know what? That's kind of what makes this team special. Let's go back to the phones again. And uh, who is this? Where you come from? Uh, it's Kip from Brooklyn. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? All is well. I'm a little upset right now. I just watched my 49ers get their butt whooped. So I'm a little down, but I'm happy as SEC Championship Week. So we got a victory coming. So, yeah, so I haven't paid attention to the NFL, but I'm a, I'm a Raven, so I'll be watching, I guess, tomorrow night. Um, you got you got a lot to be happy about, though, with Alabama right now. I'm, I'm ecstatic about Bama. I'm, that's the first and foremost I want to give a shout-out to Jalen Moody. He came in for Christian Harris last night, number 42. Uh, he played a hell of a game. Uh, he's really underrated. I'm, I'm surprised Saban doesn't rotate his middle, both his middle linebackers, Moses and uh, Christian Harris, because we got some, some depth at linebacker, especially middle linebacker. But they played well. I mean, that was a blowout. It was expected. I will Bama shouldn't be have to play. Bama shouldn't be playing bums so early in the morning. I don't know what it is. Why do we always play Arkansas so early? Especially when we go to Arkansas, we play them so early in the morning. Bama shouldn't be playing bums that that early in the morning. 
Well, the good thing is, is that we don't have to worry about any more of the 11 o'clock games. Um, you know, we're, we're on uh, with our radio show on Saturday. We we come on a station that plays Auburn games. And so they, if Auburn's up early, it messes up our schedule. And, and you know, they, they put the games that people aren't really paying attention to early. Uh, you have to play a certain amount of those early games, but Alabama would be in prime time every week if it was up to um, you know the the TV stations. You know you got there's a slot they slot you in there. The best part about playing the eleven o'clock game is that you get it over with early, um, and and it's done. You know, and for us for Alabama, hey, look, you know what? Take care of business and now start to focus on Florida and winning this championship. I mean, that's that's the good thing about it. Um, but it's yeah, it's far well, from prime time at 11 a.m. I'll tell you that. Yes, sir. I mean that that game coming up this week, uh, God willing. I mean the, the race for Heisman is over. Uh, you already saw Kyle Trask lost the last night when he played LSU and uh, threw those two two interceptions. Uh, he didn't play a great game, and Dan Mullen he has some nerve to say, "Oh, we lose this game, or if we beat Bama, it's going to be a lot tougher to beat Bama than you think it is. You think just because." You you lose to LSU and you beat Bama, you have some place in the college football playoffs. No way, Jose. Bama's still making the college football playoffs with one loss. We're the best team in the country, hands down. We played ten game. We played the ten game schedule, so there's no confidence that or any team that can say they ran their table in their conference. Um, Ohio State doesn't count. They only play six games, and they shouldn't even be in the top four because they're not a top four team in my eyes. And I know for sure next week we're going to. We're going to treat him like it's 2016 when we put a spanking on him. I don't think Dan Mullen understands this is not uh, it's not your mediocre team. It's not a mediocre team, and our defense is, is answering. Um, my one thing with Dylan Moses is it looks like he's playing on one leg again. Uh, which, like I said before, if we rotate those middle linebackers, I think we got – you got some, you got some hungry guys at that middle linebacker position. I'm, I want to see that competition next year. Yeah, well, I mean, and you know, we're not sure what the the situation is with Harris, but I, I Nick Saban said that there's a chance he could play. Uh, Alabama didn't miss a beat, though, and yeah, and it, and that's that's a good thing because last year that linebacker spot was just such a hole for Alabama because of all the injuries before the season started. I, but I think last year it was more so about a recruiter standpoint because we just we had guys in the rotation. But uh, I think Saban just went ahead and said, "Okay, let's throw the freshmen in there, get some get get our recruiting numbers up." Because you know when you throw in freshmen and they both starting middle linebackers last season, it was just we knew how, our difficulties and we knew that okay we weren't as good as we were previously. And I know that lost LSU was was a downer because of, I didn't think we were going to lose to LSU. Um, we didn't deserve to lose to LSU, but I mean, I think from that standpoint, the statement said we're gonna, in order, if orders for, in order for us to improve our numbers in recruiting wise, why don't we just throw Shane Lee, Christian Harris in there, and we look good as recruiting freshmen, you know? But now we got some guys that that there with experience. Christian Harris is playing well. We got Shane Lee, we got Ali Keho that I really want to see play. We got Jalen Moody, we got Josh McMillan, we got Des Moines Kennedy. So we got we got a lot of guys. I mean, the numbers just keep adding. But my my focus is right now because uh, their wide receiver group for, and that tight end group from uh, Florida, they, they they do something special with them. And I just want to see our guys in the secondary step up for that game. Um, Daniel Wright, he is going to have to think the right way. He's going to have to play smart. Got to understand his keys. 
Um, Jalen Battery's got to keep doing what he's doing. Malachi Moore, please, you're gonna you're gonna be an outstanding player. It's just like a little mink of Fitzpatrick. I see it in his eyes. <laughs> he's hungry, wants to play. Um, I'm gonna compare him from now on to mink of Fitzpatrick because the last time we seen a star player, star play on a defense play like that was mink of Fitzpatrick, and you see where he's at in the NFL and he's doing numbers as well. Um, Patrick Sertain, keep doing lockdown defense, you know, but. This week, you're going to get challenged, and I want you to step up. And that's the key right there. If you can step up and shut down that right side or the left side that he plays on, I mean, they're going to go to Josh Job, and he's going to shut down his side, and they're just going to be throwing the ball because they don't have a running game. You know Florida's running game is struggling. And um, you know Dan Mullen is going to want to throw the ball, so we're going to have to show up our secondary. If Daniel Wright could play right, play the right way, or you bring in DeMarco Helms, if he wants, to, if he's playing better than right, I don't mind taking Daniel right out and playing DeMarco Hills because he he lays the boom. He comes down like uh, remember Landon Collins? Yeah, great player. Everybody remember that great player. DeMarco Hills comes down from that safety position like uh, Landon Collins. He reminds me a lot of Landon Collins. Uh, I fought for. Ooh, I said last week with Kyle. Or I don't know if it was you with you, Mick. Um, I said last week that front four with the rotation of uh, Christian Baltimore and Tim Smith, I think that should be our two key starting D tackles uh, because those two come flying off the ball without hesitation. And the twisting and the stunts that they run up there, the front four with Will Anderson, my goodness, Will Anderson deserves a lot of credit, a lot of credit. A lot of credit the way he plays as a true freshman too. Yeah, well, look, the the reason why the defense has gotten better is because you know they they weren't pressuring the quarterback even as far down as Tennessee. You know they they didn't get much pressure on the quarterback even in that Tennessee game. All of a sudden they're starting to break through and and disrupt the quarterbacks, and it becomes very difficult to beat Alabama if you are on the run at the quarterback spot. You're trying to chase points. And these guys are relentless, and, and Alabama also has a pretty deep rotation. Yep, especially up the, up the front four. I, re- I love the rotation. Freddie Roach has done a good job. We were playing better than we played last year. I don't even remember the D-line coach last year's name. He came and went so fast as like a feather. You know how you pick up a feather off the ground and you blow it and it's gone? That's how <laughs> our last that's a defensive line coach came. He came and went, and we ain't seen him again, and we're happy about that because Freddie Roach came in, and he's doing a wonderful job. I think Pete Golden has understand to make things simple. Mm-hmm. I think he and Saban had to sit down and really – you guys, you know, when Saban chews you out, you get to listening. I guess Saban chewed him out, and he's listening because that – that's simplified. He simplified the defense and it's making it so much better. On the aspect of the offense, uh, Sarkeesian, you're not going to Auburn. If you go to the team in the orange and blue, man, we're going to have a huge problem. I'm not going to like it at all. I don't even think he's on the short list for it. He's going to be here for another year or two. Right. Well, he's also a candidate for Arizona from what I'm hearing, too. Uh, that That's yeah, I mean, a lot easier for me to swallow than, than going down yeah. to Auburn. Yeah, you go down to Auburn. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not happy. You go to Auburn and you're dead to me, right? Isn't that the way they say yep. it? <laughs> That's how it is. You go to the team and like, uh, what's his name? The team, um, the coach from the Orange. You go there, you're dead to me as well. Whatever his name is. Uh, the one that's going to get fired by Tennessee. Right, right. He, Pruitt, yeah. He's going to get fired soon, yeah, because he went and chose to go to the team in the orange, knowing that Saban taught you well. And you, you know, it's not going his Saban's philosophy is not going to work on the team in the orange. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to work on the team below us, you know. And then, I mean, you know, 
But for now, our offense is playing spectacular. I would lo- I would love to see if Brian Robinson can get a little more touches. I mean, I think we run Najee too much. I think. I mean, are they trying to force Brian Robinson to come back next season? We don't know. Right. But he's actually he actually comes in and he's hungry too. He wants he wants the ball. I mean, our offensive line. If we, I'm telling you right now, if our offense, our whole offense, if we don't win the Heisman, we don't win um, the best offensive line award. We don't win the Benaric. We don't win. Uh, we don't. If we don't win these awards, I'm gonna say that college football is based on favoritism. And as of right now, we have the best offensive line. We got the best quarterback in the com- in the whole country. Uh, and we got the best wide receiver in the whole country. So I don't understand how these awards are even up for dispute right now. So right. we deserve them all. Yeah. We're 10 and 0. Yeah. We ran our team, the hardest conference in the league. We ran in the whole country is SEC. One more, though. Got to win one more. You know, I mean, like, you got to win I, Saturday to just wrap, put a bow yeah. on this thing. Yeah, and it's, and it, we win it. We win it in fashionable style, like we always do, with like a, a thirty point spread, and we we blow them out the party. There's no debate. There's no debate who the best country, best team in the country is, and uh, there's no way Dan Dan Mullen doesn't. I don't know if he remembers his time with Mississippi State. If you think you're gonna play the same way you played in Mississippi State, and then you bring it to Florida, and you think you have a chance against Bama because you're on the East now, and you're not in the West, you're not gonna win. Throwing a ball a hundred times is not going to get you a W. Right, that's that's, that's where they're going to be in trouble. Well, great call. Anything else before we go to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I just like to wrap it up. I like to say, uh, God bless America. God bless this country. God bless Alabama football. God bless Nick Saban. God bless me. God bless you. God bless all the Crimson Tide fans and Roll Tide SEC championship. Here we come, along with the college football championship. Here we come, Roll Tide. Hey, roll tide, man. God bless you too, man. Thanks for calling in. And uh, I'll tell you what, we we are fortunate to live in this country, man. I, I'm I'm with with him on that one. Love love America. Um, let's go back to the phone lines again. And let me remind you guys this too, as we do the show, thumbs up if you like the show. Subscribe to the Bama Insider Channel. We're going to be on tomorrow. We got Tuesday, Wednesdays, our all day recruiting show. We got so much going on. And we appreciate all you guys being a part of our program. Alabama looking to match up against Florida. Robert from Mobile's on the phone. Uh, Roll Tide, man, how you doing? Hey, man, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Well, you know, I got after that uh, fiasco for Florida yesterday. I got to going to ask you one question: Who you think is going to win the Heisman, Devontae or Mac Jones? Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could give it to the offensive line, really. I mean, but I, 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 I personally, if I had a vote, I'd go D. I'd go uh, Devonte Smith first. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, he, he just makes plays. He's always the best player on the field every time he hits the field. Uh, yeah, that uh, I disagree with Jared, with uh, Jared from Buffalo on one thing. Uh, he thinks he, he he said that uh, Florida overlooks uh, the two teams they lost to. I don't think they overlooked them at all. They're just not as good as they're just not you know significantly better than the two teams than, than Texas A and M or LSU. Right. Uh, you know Alabama beat both those teams by three scores by three touchdowns, uh, and Florida was what the twenty three point spread uh, uh, spread in on uh, with according to Las Vegas. Florida's just not a twenty three a two a two three touchdown better team than those than LSU or Texas A and M. I guess hearing a lot of people say you know the. Uh, 
right now, Florida is better than Texas A and M. You know, uh, you know when they were Florida uh, uh, last several weeks, that if they played again, Florida would win the game. I don't think Florida. I'm not, I don't know where they get that confidence that Florida was going to win that game again if they played Texas A and M. And the same with LSU. You are not Florida is not a three touch touchdowns or a three score really better than Texas A and M or LSU. Right. Alabama is. But Florida is not, so you know they didn't overlook them. They're just not significantly better than them as Alabama is. So you know it, 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 um, it is what it is. The game is you know it played out, and it's primarily because of their defense. Florida's defense just cannot shut teams down the way Alabama defense right now can. Right, and that's the big that's the big difference. Yeah, look, I, I, I get you. I mean, like, the, the Bama defense is what's different between them and the rest of the teams that are in the top five right now. It, it, we don't know about Ohio State because, quite frankly, they haven't played football. I mean, we, we've, we've, they may be great. I mean, but we, they, they're, they're off more than they're on. And, you know, they gave up, they were up 35 to seven playing Indiana. And then all of a sudden, like it was a seven point game, you know, so they, they gave up 28 points in the blink of an eye, you know, so, uh, and I, I don't know, Indiana's decent, but I don't think they've got an offense like, like Alabama's. Um, and, and that tells me that, you know, Ohio state's defense has some issues. So it's the, they're the wild card to me just because they don't really have a body of work to look at. And and quite frankly, I don't feel like they deserve to be in this, but they're going to be there uh, because of their reputation. You know, they're supposed to be good, you know, but when you go through the season and you play teams, just like Florida found out on Saturday, you can lose, you lose games sometimes, you know, and that's why exactly. you play the game, you know, and that's why they're getting a free pass to the championship game or into the, to the, the well, to the championship game in their own league that set up rules. And then when they're not in it, those rules get changed, of course, which if it was Indiana that had the better record and Ohio State was the one that was set to go into the college football playoff, you cannot tell me that the league would have changed the rules to get Indiana in over Ohio State. If I was Indiana, I wouldn't be happy. That's just the way it is. They're going and they're going to beat Northwestern and they're going to be in there. The rest of them, I, I mean, look, Florida doesn't have a good defense. We saw that. Um, you know, Notre Dame and and Clemson don't have good defenses. You know, they they're they're okay. Bama does. Hey, exactly. And uh, wouldn't wouldn't uh, you think Florida be sitting with two losses if they had Ohio State schedule? No, they wouldn't be. Yeah, they they would have ran that unbeated. Ohio yeah. State schedule just like Ohio State ran that schedule. Yeah. LSU, Georgia. Uh, Texas A&M, yep. all would have ran Ohio State's schedule and and uh, and clean the clock on it. But 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 Ohio State's being allowed to get a pass with that with that. I don't even call it a cupcake. It's a pancake schedule. That schedule is <laughs> not even doesn't even qualify as cupcake. It's just flat. It can yeah. be. Yeah. And but they're allowed to because like I said because the reputation all along. Which again, that's that'd be another another notch on Alabama's revenge tour. So hey, yeah, come in and take your medicine like everybody else. I see this uh, SEC championship game again. It's going to be. I think Alabama's going to be like a twenty-one point uh, favorite in it, and then I look for them. To, I look for them to cover. And the, the guy mentioned you, you mentioned also. I mentioned the greatness of Nick Saban. He did. Uh, he did say that Nick Saban did lose to one uh, unranked team. <laughs> and I'm sure if it's so long ago, I can understand why people don't remember it. It was Louisiana Monroe in his first season yeah. at Alabama. Yeah, I was there. That was the last time. I was there. Yeah, it was uh, 
it was, I, I was in uh, the, the box. I was in a box watching that game and uh, at the stadium. I, it was shocking. It really was. But, you, you know, remember they, you know, he was dealing right. with a lot of the stuff like you see the guy throw the shoe, you know, and, and he was dealing with a lot of stuff on and off the field where there was a lot of selfishness in the program. Part of that was that some players decided to sell their textbooks that they were given to the uni- by the university. They weren't allowed to sell them. They sold them and got in trouble and got, you know, and, and were suspended. And so he didn't have those guys. And that really hurt Alabama because that team didn't have a lot of depth. You don't see any of that stuff anymore, you know, and it was a good learning experience for those kids, but it was also the culture that he inherited at Alabama. You know, this just isn't there anymore. Exactly. And, but again, that's a testament to him. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not easy to go to that lose for like, like almost a hundred games or whatever. They haven't lost the unranked team. You lost the last unranked team. You know how hard it is not to lose even unranked team? Are you talking about unranked LSU, unranked Auburn, unranked Texas A&M? Un- We're talking about those kinds of unranked teams, yeah. not unranked Louisiana Monroe or the, uh, Coastal Carolina or or unranked uh, Citadel. Right. We're talking about do- not losing to those unranked teams. And uh, that's what other you know big-time schools have a problem with. with sometimes their, some of their uh, power five teams will, it will have a bad, a bad season and get unranked. But they can, but they can beat you that day. That's, I mean, that's how he, his ability to keep the team that focused to not lose the, you know, team to, to put away teams he should put away is just phenomenal. What it takes to beat him is just you got to play your quarterback got to play out of their mind that day, and you got to and you better bring some horses or you're not beating him. Yeah. <laughs> you might you might make it interesting for a few quarters, but you're not beating him. It's amazing. I mean, really, when you look at it, and I kind of went on this tangent earlier, and I stand by it. I think the reason why the college football season is so special is because the regular season is a playoff. you got to win all these games. You know, you've got to hang in there and win these games because, you know, the the LSU-Florida game means something. You know, in in the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball, you know, like all these other sports, the regular season is just another – you know, it's okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to rest my starters and, you know, and the NBA, they don't even, some of the best players that they purposely sit out and don't play, you know, certain games. College football is not like that. All these games matter. And if you, if you don't show up, your season could be ruined. Like Florida's against LSU last night, or how many times has Ohio state, you know, gone into Purdue or Indy or Iowa or some, just some team they're supposed to win. They're 30 point favorites. And they just, you know, they just lay, lay a turd as uh, Jay Tate said about Gus Malzahn at Auburn, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to win these games and you don't, but that's why I love college football. And that's why it's fun to play too. You know, if you're on a bad team, you, you like LSU's a bad team this year, but you know what? They had a great night on Saturday and that'll be something that they can build on. You know, one thing uh, that got Fat Miles on fire is one of the many things is he could never develop a big time. Uh, he, he couldn't attract a big time quarterback, and he couldn't. He can't develop them. He can't develop quarterback. Uh, I saw Jalen Hurts, who got his first victory in the NFL, by the way. <laughs> so congratulations, Jalen. But when he, I started, when he was contemplating which school to go to, I said if he wants to play in the NFL, he's not going to. Auburn was on the, was one of the people, one of the names people brought up. I said, if he wants to play in the NFL, he's not going to Auburn. Because if you want to play in the NFL, you're not going to Auburn under Gus Malzahn. He can't develop a quarterback. 
and that's what you need to be able to compete for championship in this day and age. And one problem though with Auburn's going to have with trying to attract someone is uh, you got to have a, a coach willing to come in and know his schedule is going to consist of of Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and Texas A and M every single year. Uh, that's a tall order to have somebody want to come in on uh, every every single year. And, and, and by the way, he wins a championship. You know how hard that's going to be? Yeah. You come with a disadvantage already. So I'm curious good luck, Auburn, with that one. Yeah. Well, great call, by the way. Anything else before we go to the next caller? And I'm going to comment on something that you just reminded me of. But uh, anything else? Oh, uh, yeah, real quick. The, we have to, uh, again, I look for this game to be, uh, you know, yeah, Florida can make it, will make it interesting. They may even survive, you know, three quarters. Kyle Trask playing out of his mind. But eventually, the, I, I'm hoping they don't. But it's, and maybe that's the best they can hope for. But we'll, I think Alabama will pull away. And it will be 21-point spread. I expect Alabama to cover it. And 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 I'm sure Georgia, I'm sure Florida would have wished that they or the SEC had canceled their last game the way Ohio State got theirs canceled and still go to the playoff championship game. Wouldn't that have been great for them? Uh, been great, <laughs> All right, right, man. Great talking with hey, you. Hey, thanks, Robert. We're, we're down here in L.A., Robert and I, lower Alabama. want to hear from you guys. As we talk Alabama football, 205-850-0883. If you're watching on our Bama Insider YouTube channel, we would love it if you would go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. You guys have made this thing really an incredible uh, experience for me personally. And, um, you know, it's just been so much fun kind of getting to know all of you guys talking Alabama football. And, you know, we got a big game coming up this week. Demetrius is from North Carolina. He's our next caller. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, nothing much. I got to talk fast. I'm out here in Mississippi. I'm on the road, and I'm getting ready to go through the area. I'm going to lose signal. Okay. So I just want to call and say that, you know, the the dirty play on, on Smitty, you know, this ain't the first time I've seen Arkansas player do that back when Jalen Hurts freshman year. It was one day one defensive line I had held Jalen Hurts down. You know, it, it just ain't. Ain't no room for ain't no room for that kind of stuff. You know, you can seriously hurt somebody all because of somebody more talented than you. I mean, I understand under the pile, you know, things can happen, but when you intentionally do stuff, hey, that's 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 real low. And I I, I never did hear the um, Arkansas coach address that issue, and I don't believe he is. I believe some of these schools encouraged it against better talented teams. To, you know, to go out there and do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was I, – look, I was pissed off about that. You know, and, and there were two plays in that game where you're going, okay, this is just downright dirty. And and that's the problem with someone like me that says, hey, I want to see all these games played and I, and I just want to, you know, if you play – if you put 10 games on the schedule, you should play 10. And then you see, you know, cheap shots like that and you're going, man, maybe we shouldn't do it, you know. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I'm with you. I thought that was terrible and, uh, it, it's, you know, they, they, there should be something done for, you know, to someone that would, would try to, you know, do like that gator roll on somebody's ankle, uh, you know, or, you know, or whatever else. But I agree with you. I didn't like that. Yeah. And as far as, uh, as far as the game, um, uh, I think we lost you. And you said I'll that. Go ahead and pull away. And, yeah, Demetrius, are you still there? 
Uh, I'm gonna let you go and go get another call. I'm I'm in a bad area. Okay, well look, I, thanks I, for calling, Demetrius. Yeah, roll tide, man. And you know when you're when you're on the road, you know it's like he, he's waiting on hold and just hoping that he could get a chance to talk before we got a bad reception. But a good call from Demetrius. Hey, we appreciate all you guys hanging out with us on a Sunday night. Um, give us a thumbs up if you watch the Bama Insider YouTube channel. Subscribe to our channel as well. We're gonna talk Alabama. And the SEC championship game all week. We got shows coming up tomorrow at 6 o'clock. We'll have Monday Night Quarterback. Tony Sukos, our beat writer, will be putting stuff on the BamaInsider.com uh, site all week. Uh, you know, getting you ready for uh, not just the game on Saturday, but we got Andrew Bone and National Signing Day coming up. Kyle Henderson uh, will be on tomorrow night, and he's got a bunch of stuff planned for you guys as well. Let's go back to the phone lines again. Uh, who's this and where are you calling from? Uh, this is uh, James and uh, Roll Tide from the belly, belly of the Beast in Auburn, Alabama. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, I just want to say I enjoy your show. Uh, I do enjoy your channel a lot. Um, I'm able to fortune, fortunate enough uh, to listen to it when I'm at work or uh, when I can. Um, me and another one of my coworkers were discussing uh, over here over the past since really the Georgia game uh, when you're talking about defense. How much has Charlie Strong been that big of an influence with Golden? And do you think that Saban just finally kind of, you know, let the reins off of uh, Strong and say, you know, input your influence? Because he's always been a strong defensive coach wherever he's gone. Yeah, I don't know the answer. I mean, like I would love to say, hey, here's what happened. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like they keep a lot of that stuff private. and that That'll be – that's an interesting question. And there's a few people that I could ask about that and see if they have a perspective. But something definitely changed, you know, whether it was this team just got more mature and grew up. Uh, maybe the players kind of you know, figured out what they needed to do and where they needed to be. Maybe Pete got better as a defensive coordinator. Maybe it was Charlie Strong. Maybe he stepped in. But whatever they did since the Ole Miss game to play defense uh, has definitely turn this entire season around and if it's charlie strong at the end of the year they should make him the defensive coordinator that's what we me and my buddy have been talking about uh you know i mean that they've been lights out really since like you said since the old miss but really the georgia game that second half of that georgia game they just went lights out and i just you know it's it i was really really excited when we got him in as a, as a consultant because you know how those kind of guys tend to work out really well with Saban, and especially since his resume as a defensive coach from other places that he's been has been really, really strong. Um, another question real quick. I know you probably got a lot of people lined up. I just wanted to ask you real fast. Uh, if it was anybody else other than Alabama, I mean, who would who else would be screaming Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and Najee for the Heisman? Because I just – I don't see those guys getting a whole lot of play, and I know it's kind of a – you know, a lot of guys don't like Alabama because they always turn out such good ball players, and they, it's just been such a good – good program over the last 13 years but i mean if it was anybody else if they play for any other team they they would be leading you know by leaps and bounds in my opinion a part of the problem for them is that is that they've got each other to deal with you know like if if i don't feel like there's a true face to this year's team i, I feel like there's a lot of guys that are really good um, including Mac Jones. And I, I told you, I mean, like if it was, if it was my vote, I would vote for uh Smitty, you know, I, and I like Mac Jones and love him, but I just feel like Smitty, you know, you throw him like a five yard pass and then he darts into the end zone, you know, like he goes 70 some yards in the blink of an eye. 
but really, you know, and, and it's nothing against Najee or Mac or Smitty. It's the offensive line. This is offensive mm-hmm. line is just next level this year. And the coaches on the other teams have kind of said, you know, hey, look, the, this offense, look, Gus, Gus Malzahn was talking about that. This offensive line, you know, like it, it's kind of taken me a little bit of time to realize how good this O-line is. But after watching them the last couple of weeks, I'm going, okay, yeah, th- these guys are just like they're they're keeping Mac so clean. You know, he's got all day in the pocket. You know, you, you see him look left, look right, and then he's smart enough too, where he's picking up blitzes and he's going checkdowns. And then Najee touches the ball. This week they took the deep route away, right? And they mm-hmm. they challenged yep. Mac to throw underneath and Najee to run on him. And he Najee read just, everything. No, he just trucked them all. You know, he just ran over them. But it was the offensive line that did a great job of 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 helping out. And then and then if you get the ball to Smitty, I mean, like Smitty just it, it's it's amazing how he sees the open field. Every time he's like back there catching punts, I'm, I hate it. But then, you know, like, like okay. his punt return this week was the difference in the game. Well, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, how in, in all the Heisman, you know, contests that they have every year, it's all, you know, as far as the votes and who gets the Heisman moment. I mean, Smitty's Heisman moment came in that LSU game with a one-handed stab. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I, I haven't seen anything like that. And I mean, I'm a big Niner fan. I can't, I can remember Jerry Rice doing that all the time, and that's who I kind of compare with the one-handed snags to, but he was just, he was just phenomenal. And his ability, I mean, since we've had him in as a freshman since the second and 26, I know he's been kind of overshadowed with Jerry, Judy and rugs. And, right. you know, those guys were just phenomenal, but I mean, Smitty has just carved his own, his own niche out in, in Alabama history. And it's just, it's great to watch, man. I hate that. It's, uh, you know, this dynasty is going to come on in sooner or later, but it's just, uh, man, it's, this is so fun to watch in my lifetime. Me too. Look, and you living in Auburn, I mean, it, it's it makes going to work a, a little bit easier. You know, like when oh, you know, I have, the, I have a good, yeah, we have a good time with it. Me, we're I'm only one of uh, three Alabama fans, one of the guys I work with, and the rest of them are Auburn. So it's kind of you know, it's kind of funny. You have to kind of be quick witted and have a comeback each time something happens, and uh, you know, it's. It's fun to listen to and uh, hear them talk this year because uh, last week, I think, was when they started talking about they were going to look to probably can miles on. And everybody's like, well, who in the heck are we going to get? I mean, who's out there to get, get right now? I'm yeah. like, nobody wants to come here. No, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, like, and I, this is the last question I'm going to ask you. Um, do you think that it could be Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian? I mean, those are the two names that <laughs> we were like, oh. That a would, lot of my buddies that we talk football with are saying Lane Kiffin. A lot of guys they're saying just because of the, the you know what he's done with Ole Miss this year and Sark take nothing away from what he's done this year. He's been phenomenal, but I think Kiffin brings that kind of moxie that you know you want to have to go up against a guy like Saban because I think he's going to be the next coach. To, I hate to say it to beat Saban. I mean, I just right. I mean, out of all he's done at Ole Miss, he he did phenomenal this year with the kind of talent he's had. And he took us to the brink, literally, with the exception. If they would not have botched that that snap, that would it would have been one of those who had the ball last one. Yep, yep. No, I agree. I mean, it's really interesting, you know. 
Um, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, well, hey, great channel, great channel. I just want to say, great channel. I enjoy listening to you. Keep it up. And uh, again, uh, roll tide, and I'll be listening from you from the belly of the beast. Hey, thanks, James. Yeah, h- hang in there. It's going to be a really fun couple weeks here, seeing what happens with um, Auburn hiring. And and look, it might even take weeks. I mean, it may be you know something that happens here. In a, in a real relatively short amount of time, but um, let's go back to the phone lines again. And it's been a lot of fun talking to all you guys tonight. I'm Mick Gillespie. This is Bama Insider and our YouTube channel. We appreciate all of you guys for being with us. Look, we got 400 people that are watching right now. Give us 400 thumbs up. Whether you're an Alabama fan, you're a Florida fan, you're a college football fan, we just appreciate the fact that you're here. We're going to rip it up a little bit on the comment line. Uh, we're going to take calls and do all that stuff and talk about whatever's going on right now. So it could be Alabama and Florida. could be the fact that we got the, uh, the SEC championship game. could be Auburn needing a new head coach. So uh, let's go back to the phone lines again. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, man, what's happening? What's up? It's Uncle Charles. It's Uncle Charles from Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, baby. Let, let, let me just say this, man. Uh, Nick Saban got this team rolling right now, and Florida is just a hot mess. You, you, the, the coach that Florida needs to be really fired because no matter who you play, you cannot take anyone for granted. And that's all he did is take LSU for granted. You know, Florida remind me of they remind me of an eighty nine year old man and running with the bull. Now he knew he was old. He had no business out there. But somebody said, Yeah, you can do it. And he went on out there and got knocked up in the air and he came down, he was disembowled and by the time he got up, he was trying to put his flip flap back on. Look, man, you don't need to do that. You need to get out from out there with them bulls. And that's what Florida did. They took LSU for granted. Now I need not to tell Florida, you know what's gonna happen to you. So come on, get some. And when it's over with, we'll hug you. We'll, we'll hug you and say, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I'd like to thank you, brother, for letting me call in. Hey, great call. You're right. Look, I mean, like, the, the thing about it is, like, you know, Alabama's going to win the football game, and then they're going to be really jovial about it. Hey, thanks for playing us today. You know, we appreciate it. That was a fun game to watch. You know, like, like good to see you. Yes, sir. But the thing that Nick yes, Saban, you know, like, like last week, they 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 beat LSU. He's walking off the sideline person again for whoever it was, ESPN or SEC Network. You know, they're like, "Hey, congratulations on LSU." Son of LSU. He's like, "Well, you know what? We got Arkansas next week." You know, and See? and 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 he never lets these guys overlook next week's game. That's right. That's right. But see, but that's what he did. LSU is still playing hard. But you can see what Alabama did. We're not playing with you. And we went out there and took care of this. I hope Florida take a page from our book, you know, because, you know, right now, I know they're feeling kind of down right now. They said, well, we got to come back, you know, and take care of Alabama. Well, it's a little too late. You took something out the game, something juicy out the album. You did that. You did that. So now what we're going to do is we're going to roll grade you with that monster we got down there running back. He's not playing. He's stepping on people's heads, their arms, legs. He don't even tell. God bless him because he's going first round. I want to tell Florida, thank you for this win that's coming up. Thank you for this win. And I want to tell Nick Saban, you take care of yourself, coach. Keep your mask on. And I love you, bro. All right, man. Talk to you later. Hey, thank you. 
Uncle jump yeah. jumping in. Roll Tide, man. Great call. <laughs> Great call. Look, I, I agree. I mean, like, I, I you when you overlook the competition in this all SEC schedule, you can get beat. You know, had Florida taken LSU seriously, they would have beat him probably by five touchdowns. But they did. And and it cost them. Let's go back to the phone lines again. And we appreciate all you guys calling us on a Sunday night as we talk college football. This is Cam from Brunswick. Roll Tide, how you doing? Good, Mick. How you doing, man? You know, hanging in there. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just like, you know, taking everything in. Like, I, I, I feel good about life, Cam, and then – all of a sudden, I hear Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian to Auburn, and I'm like, okay, man, you're going to ruin my Sunday. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I think right now at this point, Auburn will take whatever they can get. man. They really, they really don't care, man. <laughs> That's how I feel about Auburn right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess – Auburn's got to find the right fit. They've got to have someone that can recruit. They got to have someone that listen, man. Listen, man. Auburn, they did accomplish one thing, man. They're going to a bowl game. Do you know what bowl game they're going to? It's called the Toilet Bowl, man. It's <laughs> called round and round and round. Okay, they're going down the hole, roll that roll. Okay, that's what Auburn's doing. <laughs> but uh, anyways, man. Listen, uh, I called you a couple weeks ago, and listen, man, Nick Saban. He takes these games one game at a time. Like I said, man, every Saturday, it's a one-game season. So, no disrespect to the other college football coaches out there in the college football world, Nick Saban is coming prepared. And he's got a game plan, and he's coming to dominate. And that's what he did against Arkansas. They, they called Arkansas a trap game. I don't think it was a trap game. I really don't. Because I know Nick Saban, I know that Alabama football team, when they step on the field Saturday, they come to play football. They didn't come out there to play soccer right? or tennis or baseball. They come out there to, to kick your tail, man, and that, that's what I like to see. And uh, I don't think it's going to be no different <clears throat> during the SEC championship when we play Florida. I really have no respect for the Florida Gators at all. And I'll tell you why. A football coach that puts on a Halloween outfit <laughs> as Darth Vader after beating Missouri. They've only been in our conference four years, man. Come on. They're, they're horrible. You're going to put on a Darth Vader outfit? Get out of here, man. <laughs> You're very clownish, you feel like, huh? Yeah, I mean, I have no respect for a, a team like or for a coach like that. And, uh, you know, I thought Dan Mullen had a little bit more respect, but I really have no respect for Dan Mullen after I've seen that. I've never seen any coach do that in history. I've been watching college football. But, uh, you know, listen, uh, the Heisman Trophy, Heisman Trophy conversation, man, Devontae Smith, this is what he said. He said, I didn't come to Alabama to win a Heisman Trophy. I come to win a national championship. And, Mick, you, you graduated from Alabama, been an Alabama fan for a long time, I'm assuming. Listen, we know that Alabama wins national championships. It's very rare that we have a Heisman Trophy winner. Matter of fact, before Nick Saban got there, we didn't have not one Zero. Heisman Trophy winner. Yep. Great players that that probably should have won. Sean Alexander, 
Uh, you just you can go down the line, man. Great players. Joe I mean, Namath. think of yeah, Joe Namath uh, and uh, Snake Stabler and Johnny Musso. I mean, you go through all those guys. Uh, yeah, you're talking about Hall of Famers greatest. in yeah. the NFL, man, mm-hmm. and didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Yep. So yeah. you know, for if if Alabama has a player that's in the Heisman Trophy conversation, let me tell you something, man. You better watch out because that team is probably going to beat the dog snot out of you because that team that has a that Alabama team that has a Heisman Trophy contender, man, it's that team's loaded. I'm telling you, man, uh, that team Alabama's got right now, they are loaded. There is not a player on that team that won't play in the NFL. Yeah. That's starting on the field right now. Every player that's starting on the field right now will have their day and opportunity to play in the NFL. Well, the, I know the offensive line. I mean, you you go through this, the offense. The offensive line's all going to get there if they stay healthy. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be drafted in the first round. He's going to get there. Najee Harris is going to be drafted first, second round. He's going to get there. Um, the Devontae's going to get there. He's going to be drafted in the first round. So, I mean, you, you know, you're talking about like right there. I just named like eight guys, nine guys in the in the you know the snap of a finger. Um, that I think are all going to be in the NFL. And if you look right now, there's more Alabama players in the NFL than any other team, you know? Yeah, man. What we're, yeah, what we're witnessing here, man, is history. I mean, it's history being made. This is probably, you know, what a 10-game SEC schedule, this is probably the greatest Alabama team to come through there and do that. I mean – it's first. First of all, it's the first time in the history of college football that a team has played a ten-game conference schedule undefeated and went undefeated. That's never been done. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're. It is crazy that we're even discussing this. Let me tell you something, man. This Alabama football team—they're not slowing down this coming Saturday. Florida's done with man. You can write them off, man. They're done with. They they come into the Baton Rouge and. Uh, play some sloppy football let me tell you something man that tells you they're not ready here we we are at the end of the season yeah they're not ready man no they're not ready not when you got guys throwing shoes you know you you like what a childish move i mean it's just childish like you know let me tell you something that represent let me tell you something the players on the field they represent the head coach of that football team if you ever see nick saban get mad and upset Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. They're representing Nick Saban, okay? That football player that threw that tennis shoe, who does he represent? He represents Dan Mullen and the University of Florida. He ought to be ashamed of himself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cam, you nailed it, man. And I mean, like, I I think Florida's going to be extra motivated. I think they're going to be extra hungry this week because, you know, they, 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 they basically gave one away. But I also feel like if Alabama strikes early on them, like like this team has been known to do, uh, I could see things not going their way. I could see the frustration of 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 just everything that's happened to them really catch up with them. You know, I I got a feeling that Florida is going to come into this game and that they're that they're going to play uh, they're going to play Alabama tough. But you know, if if Alabama jumps on them early, I think that it could be a really long day for Florida. Hey, listen, man, this Alabama offensive line. Nick Saban even said it. You put a heavyweight against a lightweight, eventually the lightweight's going to give up. Yeah. The Alabama offensive line, that's like George Foreman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like a line full of George Foreman going against defensive like 
Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the heavyweight is just going to outweigh the lightweight over yep. time. And you see it. We've seen it all year. They wear down opposing defenses that think they can take down Alabama. And Alabama just runs the football, and they get they get tired. They get wore out by the second quarter. They're giving up points, and there's nothing they can do about it because they're so tired and worn out from the big old them big old uglies up front, man. Best one but, we've uh, had. Hey, Did you hear me say that earlier, Cam? This is hey, the best offensive line that we've had. Ever. 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 I mean, going and, back, you go back as and, far uh, as Alabama's been playing football. I want I want somebody to tell me the offensive line that's better. Now, there may be some that you can say, hey, look, these guys were as good. I don't know that these guys that, – that the way that they've played this year, the way that they dominate with the run and the pass protection – um, I mean, they're so smart. They're they're nimble. Uh, you, you like you said, they're big, they're strong. That that Max just back there. I mean, he's got all day to throw. Those play action fakes. I mean, yeah, like watching the kids, like watching the Dallas Cowboys back when Troy Aikman was the quarterback in the early '90s. You know, like well, really the mid '90s when they were winning all those Super Bowls. You know, they had that big offensive line, and then you know you had to you had to block, you had to watch for Emmett Smith running the ball and Moose Johnston, and then you had you know the all the receivers, the Michael Irvings and the you know the Alvin Harpers and those guys out on the wide, and Alabama's got the same thing going. And it's it's and and look, they're both dynasties. That's the last, you know, that's an NFL dynasty right there, different than the Patriots because it was the same group. It wasn't just like the quarterback. Yeah. And um, you know, and but the way that these guys play football just reminds me of those old cowboy teams. Yeah, this Alabama team's big, strong, and fast. And you know, Nick Saban realized that you know, football was changing, and it was a scoreboard. You had to score a lot of points. Well, you know what? He said, "I'm going to do it better." than anybody else in college football. I'll just change what I have to do, and I'll score more points. I'll beat you that way. Yep. And that's what we're seeing Nick Saban do. Mm-hmm. He's he's involved, and he's and he still has the great athletes. And you know what? You know, let me tell you the, the something similar to Bear Bryant and Nick Saban, Nick, is that they're really good at getting players to play better than they really are. Nick And Bear Bryant done it with players that wasn't as good. He took average players. He made them play to a – a way higher level than, than what they really were. But Nick Saban has the greatest players. He actually makes them play better than what they really are. And yeah. that's what, you know, I think a lot of people don't see that. But he's such a great coach, and uh, he's going down as the greatest football coach in the history. I love Bear Bryant, born and bred Alabama. But listen, man, this Alabama football team this year, I don't think there's a team in history of college football that stacks up against them. I don't care if you take the Miami teams, the old Alabama teams. When it comes to, to scoring points, running the football, there ain't a better team that's ever done it. Yeah. Well, Cam, I appreciate your call, man. Anything else? No, that's it, man. Roll Tide, brother. Roll Tide, Cam. Appreciate you. Yeah, look, I agree. I, I, I think that you know, one of the points is that, you know, Bear Bryant would take guys and, and, and make them better. And, you know, Nick Saban kind of does his thing. I think what the difference is, is that this, this era of football, Nick Saban takes guys and, and convinces them that the team is more important than, than, than themselves. 
And I think that's what separates Alabama and Nick Saban is that is that he's able to convince guys that being a team player is more important than being selfish. And it's hard to do that with this day and age of players. Um, before we go back to the line, I want to thank Tobias. A good show, praying for a COVID-free and injury-free week. Hey, I'm with you right there. Uh, I think the boys are going to be focused. He's praying for that. Uh, he wants to see him play a clean and dominant game. He says Clemson beating North Carolina, Ohio State winning Bama versus North uh, North Carolina versus uh, Notre Dame, Clemson versus Ohio, and then we'll have the matchup that I think we're going to have, and that's Alabama uh, against. Um, I think we're going to see Alabama against uh, Clemson again. I don't know why. Uh, also, another great super chat. Appreciate it right here, Florida or any team from the SEC East cannot overlook any team from the West. You are exactly right. Uh, Rammer jammer, roll tide. I, I'm with you, man. And, and and you're exactly right. I mean, like, the, and I don't think it's just from the West. I think that's what makes this all SEC schedule so tough is that you cannot look over anyone. Just like Nick Saban said going into Arkansas, you get in, you let these teams get into a battle. They got players. Uh, anything can happen. And that and that you don't want to do that. So um, appreciate all you guys that are watching. Give us a thumbs up on our YouTube channel right here, the Bama Insider YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to our channel as well. We're going to do a couple more calls before we get off here tonight. And let's go back to the uh, phone line. Uh, who's this and where you come from? This is Tony from uh, Birmingham. What's up, Tony? Hey, man. Um, yeah, I, I agree with uh, everything you said. Now, let me ask you a question. If uh, let's just say Clemson does beat Notre Dame, and it's a, a close game. And let's pretend that a playmaker from Notre Dame isn't available, uh, not the quarterback, say the running back or defensive end or whatever. Um, are they getting in? I mean, what do you think? I, yes, I do think they'll get in. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the lack of teams that there is to choose from, uh, especially, you know, more, more of a broader sense conference wise. Um, if you take, I, at that point, I guess it would be, you know, they would just flip flop. You would have Notre Dame three Clemson two, Bama one, but the fourth spot, I think it's like some of your previous cars have said, and I think you said it too, right, wrong, or indifferent. They are pushing for Ohio state to be in this playoff. Oh yeah. And, uh, and it, there's no doubt in my mind, Ohio state makes it in. And I, I'm telling you, if the shoe were on the other foot and this was an SEC team, this would not be happening. I, I don't, I do not believe that whatsoever. I mean, how many years have we heard Heather Dennett say Alabama just hadn't played anyone, hadn't beat anybody, they don't deserve to be in, even if you know we're undefeated or we lose a one point game to a maybe a number three or four Georgia at the time. Right. We we didn't deserve to get in, but now that, it, that it's, a, it's a northern school, basically, it, it's, it's different. And and I hate this. I mean, like you were saying too. <laughs> The more you play, just like a championship fighter, a heavyweight, the more you fight, the more chance you have to lose. That's right. And the more you play, the more chance there is for you to lose. And quite frankly, there's not playing. I don't think they've earned that uh, personally. I do not think they've earned it. But at that time, I guess the fourth spot, if it's not Ohio State, would have to go A&M, correct? And that's who I think if, if Ohio if, – uh, excuse me, if um, A&M wins again, and I really wish they would have played Ole Miss. That would have been a good game to watch. Uh, I yeah, think I that it should be them. I mean, like, really, like they're the teams that they're, they're the team that's played the schedule. You know, they they lost to yep. Alabama. They've beaten everyone else. Um, they beat Florida. 
And I, Ohio State doesn't have a win comparable to Florida on, on, on their docket. They've beat a bunch of teams with losing records. You know, their Indiana is their signature win this year. You know, like I, I just I get yeah. it. Like they have the five star players and, you know, like the, the hype that goes behind them. And they may be good. I just don't know. I haven't seen enough of them. But I have seen Texas A&M and good, bad or indifferent. Texas A&M has lost one game to Alabama and they've they've found ways to win. It hasn't been pretty, but the record to me puts them in the right there in the picture. And I think that if there's a slot, I, I you know what, Jimbo Fisher probably deserves to get that team in there. I agree, and and you know, you everybody says, well, you know, the SEC is down. Well, I, I disagree with that. I, I think do the too. SEC is what it is, but that gun, we're playing each other every week. Look, the you SEC know? is not. Let me first, let me <laughs> say this: the SEC is not down. That is that's that's bull crap. Look, the SEC and for anyone that says that, that's that's just absolute just garbage. The ACC's down. There's no good teams in that conference besides Clemson uh, and 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 Notre Dame, right? And they're not even really in that conference. The big the Big Ten is the worst. This is the worst I've ever seen the Big Ten in my entire life ever. They're terrible. The SEC's problem is that you know you got to play an SEC team every week now. You know, you're playing like yep. what's been like an NFL schedule. So uh, I, I'm adamant about the fact that Alabama and in, 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 in if Texas A&M gets in, those teams are going to be te- tested going into this college football playoff. There's been no – there's no Boston colleges and Syracuses and Rutgers and, you know, and, and, and those type of schools on the schedule. I mean, you can go through and you look. Like, it would have been nice to have some of those teams on the schedule. Alabama's bludgeoning teams – that if you put Arkansas in that ACC, they'd, they'd have a winning record, you know, and, and look at what happened. To them. You put LSU in the, in the big 10, those teams, they, they're, they're probably, they're probably playing in the championship game against Ohio state. And they, they're barely, you know, they, they've gotten destroyed in a couple of games this year, but these are good teams. You know, Auburn is was six and four. They fired their coach. You put them in that league, and all of a sudden, you know Auburn's lost maybe a game. The the SEC yeah. this year has has really really good teams in it. I think the middle of the pack is good. No, I, I totally agree with you. And and you know, uh, again, it's just you. It, it's amazing when you listen to some of the national uh, people who claim to know a lot about the sport. They just. <laughs> It's amazing that they're not giving credit to where credit due, and, and, and it starts right there with A and M, like we were discussing. Um, let me ask you another question. Bring up a, a, a different topic here about Auburn. Um, wouldn't you think that they kind of know who their person is, uh, seeing how National Signing Day is Wednesday? You know what? You, that, that is, you think that? Gosh, that is a great, great topic to talk about because when. I was doing the uh, – and all of you guys that are watching right now, please check out our podcast. That's kind of one of my areas here that I'm trying to uh, to add to. And uh, I get together with Coach Max Howe, who did SEC radio yeah, Max, for years. Y'all's podcast is excellent. Thank you, man. Yeah, we just, we're just a couple of guys that like to talk college football. And we do it on Sunday. And Max and I were talking about just – you know, he was the one that told me that, you know, Sarkeesian was a name that he was expecting to pop up down at Auburn and it did. And, um, and then I'm thinking like, if you're Auburn, I mean, is, is now the time that you fire your coach the week of signing day? And if you're Alabama, how do you take advantage of this? 
because there's some battles. Not that not that Auburn was beating Alabama for players, but there was a handful. You know, th- I think there were two or three guys who were on Alabama's list that they would have liked to have had that were going to go to Auburn. It would be nice to go down there and pick pickpocket a couple of those recruits if there's room for yep. them. And I think other schools are probably going to be able to do the same thing. Yeah, and 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 that was my that was my whole thought. You know, the, honestly, with LSU being the surprise win at, at Florida, I do wonder if that may have swayed. I mean, y'all think about this, man. They were looking literally the bottom of the barrel with with the whole Title Nine stuff going on, the NCAA. The fact they they were basically guaranteed to lose in season if they lose this game. Right. I figured Alabama would go in there and sweep some of their players away with that big win at Florida. I wonder if that changes anything. And now with the, the, the thing with Auburn, if that was cut to be compounded, I, I do think it would have. But um, you know, I, I just I do not listen. I if I of all the coaches we list, Sarkeesian is the one that I would really not want to see there. Um, and and what kills me is is that this is the stuff that doesn't make sense to me. A lot of Auburn's, uh, especially a lot of their fans, their fan base in general, everything they do, everything they do is based on can they do this to beat Alabama? You know, can can we beat Alabama doing this? Well, I heard a caller this morning or this afternoon after the decision was made. He said, well, you know, uh, I think we ought to go after Lane Kiffin because he's shown that he could beat Alabama. Well, no, he didn't beat Alabama. I mean, you, you look at the game in 2009. Mark Ingram never fumbles the ball, and he fumbled the ball in trash time when we were up. I think the score may help me out here. Was it not thirteen to four, thirteen to two, thirteen to three, something like that? Yeah, I, I something can't recall, like that. Twelve yeah. to three, and and there's just I, I even when Hugh Freeze beat us, I think we had a combined ten turnovers in two games. Yeah, so you can talk about Hugh Freeze. A lot of this stuff that happens is is. Self-inflicted wounds on Alabama went normally when they lose a game, and, and you're all right. You know, Stephen Garcia has a game of his life. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, we helped him out in that game as well. Yeah. But Auburn is never going to be, and, and, and I hate to be. This is not being arrogant. And this is not being, you know, brass or anything like that. This is a. I've been coaching football my entire adult life. Auburn will never be what Alabama is. They never have been. They never will be. Matter of fact, there's not a team in the SEC that's ever going to do or be what Alabama is. Not a lot of teams in the country is going to do what we've done. It's the only team in my life that's come on the do what Alabama has done. So until they quit pretending that they, they can be Alabama, they can be as good as Alabama, they're not going to move – in my opinion, they're not going to move forward. If, if you want to hire a coach that can beat Alabama once every three or four years, great. You, you just fired the one that did. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact is, is that you're just not going to – you're not going to be Alabama. So – I, my thinking is they need to even they don't need to worry about hiring a coach that can you know be Alabama. They need to worry about the, the you know the other eleven or twelve games. Yeah. And you know uh, when I was a child growing up, I can remember you know uh, case in point two thousand seventeen. Well, hey hey, we we beat Alabama. Blah blah blah. We they had four losses. We win the title. It, you can hear me complaining about losing to Auburn. And and that's 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 kind of the way it, it goes. And I just you know we lived it. You know when when Coach Stones was here, he left, and it was a just coach after coach after no, coach. No, it was terrible. Me going to coaching, yeah, going to coaching clinics and, and and talking to some of these guys and and to find out that a lot of these coaches were not able to hire who they wanted. Um, that was assigned to them by the board of directors and and to me, 
that change when Saban got here. And until they allow some of these other coaches to do that, such as an Auburn coach, it's not going to change. It, it, it's yeah. What you, yeah, hey, if you do what you've done, you get what you got. Well, look, here, here's, the, here's the, the, the truth is that, that, that these athletic departments are full of people that don't know what they're doing. But when you have a great mm-hmm. coach like Nick Saban, he brings in all the money and he's got enough power to tell them to, you know, keep quiet and go back to doing what they're supposed to be doing. Things work. You know, the minute that he's out of there and it's somebody else that doesn't have the the power, you're running into the same thing that when Gene Stallings left. You know, they don't want to pay for this yep. person. They don't want to do that. You're listening to your gymnastics coach who's got problems, and they, they want to use the football facility, and this coach wants this, and this coach. It's like all these sports that don't matter, that don't make any money. They all of a sudden start piping up. Nick Saban came in. He took care of that problem. He took care of the, the these a lot of these boosters that think that they're like running an NFL team that need to butt out. You know, guys who you know maybe their dad was a famous football coach and they got money. Like the the, the bottom line is this: is that it's a, it's this guy right here that makes all of us proud to be Alabama fans uh, and alumni because he wins football games and he does all this yeah. other stuff. Um, you know that. And, and what I mean by it, let me let me let me you know kind of go back to this. I'm not saying gymnastics don't matter. I like gymnastics. Look, I like college baseball a lot. What I'm saying is that it doesn't matter to the bottom line. The bottom line is how much money you're bringing into the program to be able to fund all of these other things. Mm-hmm. And so you know, hey, look, I love it when gymnastics wins championships. I loved it when baseball used to get to the World Series. I was in school. It was great. I love it when softball gets to the World Series and they win. But at the end of the day, it's it's football that that drives the the train. It's the engine, and uh, and and there's a lot of factors and pulling that goes back and forth that Nick Saban's been able to handle. I mean, bottom line, and I've been around this school for a long, long time, and um, and the the thing to me that this guy's been able to do is when you know. When you get these athletic directors like Bill Battle, I wasn't a fan of Bill Battle as an athletic director. I'm sure he's a good guy, terrible athletic director. You know, Nick Saban can do what he has to do to make sure that that the program's taken care of and that things go the way he wants them to go. Uh, and right, and and when and the minute that you get these coaches that don't have success, that pool starts coming in from all these different directions, and you have a situation like we had with Alabama football after Gene Stallings. And it was terrible. Uh, yeah, that, that, Awful. that's exactly right. And the the, the thing that I knew, uh, I said the same thing when we were talking about, you know, the rumor was out there hiring Saban. I said, look, you know, I used to tell the people I coached with, and if they hire Saban, they will have awakened a sleeping giant. And that is exactly what they did. Because yep. I knew it was, hey, one man, one voice, his program. If you don't like it, pound the pavement. That's it's right. that simple. I love and, it, and, too. Well, you know, one other point I'll make, just another question for you. Uh, moving forward, um, if I mean, do you see Sarkeesian taking that job? I mean, I do, do you not think that he could get better? Does he think he'd get better? What would that do between Saban and he as well? I don't like it right now. Yeah, look, I don't like that. I don't want to see him go down there. Um, and it's no, not that I'm I'm worried that you know I I just I don't want another situation like we had with Lane Kiffin where he goes and gets this other job and, and then they're not coaching our guys for this national championship. You know, like I, yeah. I want to see this team win a championship and I don't want the distraction of, 
you know, the offensive coordinator is the co- coach at Auburn. You know, like I, I just I, I don't like the optics of that. It's a bad look. It, selfishly, I just no. don't want that to happen. Um, you know, I think Lane Kiffin could be a real factor in the SEC at Auburn if Lane Kiffin can stay out of his way, his own way. But I think, like, as far as mm-hmm. being a transcending offensive coach, you know, we were – I was debating somebody the other day who who's the best Alabama offensive coordinator, Sark or uh, Lane Kiffin. I, I think Lane Kiffin is. But Lane Kiffin runs into all the other problems that have nothing to do with football. And, and maybe he's, you know, kind of – he he's kind of gotten past that and grown up down at, at Ole Miss because he's he's had a great year. He's had a really good year. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't want Sark to be focused on going anywhere besides winning games for Alabama. Right. Well, I'll uh, um, I'll end by saying this. Uh, number one, the offensive line is the best I think in my lifetime. I was born in '77, so I do think it's the best in my lifetime. Uh, you've got so many great players at the same time that are dominant. I mean, how many games, Nick, have we seen? Not only has he not gotten sacked, he's not really gotten rushed, or he, his uniform is perfectly clean. I yeah. mean, that 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 right there tells you what you need to know. And uh, that it, it, you know, everybody knows a football team is built from within. That's the nucleus. The offensive right. line's the nucleus. The defensive line, same thing. But and also, I would I think Sarkeesian's better. Me personally, I think I, I think what what Lane Kiffin was brilliant at was making mismatches. He was great at, at at basically throwing mismatches out there. But when I see this team playing the way they are now, I don't think I've seen it better. No, I don't think I've seen a better offense in, in Alabama history. Yeah, well, Roll Tide, thanks for the call. Roll Tide, hey, thank you, man. Great show. Thank you. Keep watching, and uh, we appreciate it. Look, guys, I got to start wrapping this up here. Um, been on for almost two hours. I appreciate all you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to get one more call and uh, I can't tell you how much it means to me to hang out with you guys on a Sunday night, talk college football, Uh, thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. You got Monday night quarterback tomorrow night with Kyle Henderson and Tony Sukalis and Trey Anity and myself Tuesday, Andrew Bone's going to pop on and kind of give us that last little tidbit of recruiting before national signing day. And then Wednesday, we got a National Signing Day uh, extravaganza that's going to knock your socks off. So just get ready for that. It's going to be a, a quite an event. So we appreciate um, all you guys for being here and, and, and being a part of it. All right, let me get one more call in. Uh, Roll Tide, where you come from? Hey, Roll Tide, Nick. This is Tim from Birmingham. What's up, Tim? You got the guitar with you tonight? I do, man. I'm going to play a song. But first, I want to talk. I'm I'm, I'm going to give my case for Mac Jones. Unbelievable offensive line. They always bet Landon Dickinson just tearing it up. But Mac finds the open guys. Of course, he has time to. And his down his long ball is so accurate. I mean, you can you can have all day, but if you can't hit the guy in the numbers, you know you're not the star. I mean, it to me it's like chicken in the egg with he and Devontae. What do you think? Look, I I feel like. The offensive line should win the Heisman. I mean, really. I mean, I'd vote for for Smitty, but I, I'm just I, I've fallen in love with with those big nasties. You know, like the way that they've just been like uh, taking care of business. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be hurt if if Mac wins or if Smitty wins. I just hope that one of those guys wins the award because it's a team award, even though it's an individual award. And it would really, yeah. you know, I, I remember talking to Mike Johnson. 
who was on the uh, 09 national championship team. And, and he was so proud that Mark Ingram won that Heisman, the Heisman because he and the offensive line, you know, they, they were a part of that, you know, and he doesn't have a Heisman trophy in his house, but you know what? He, he earned that just as much as Mark Ingram did. And I'm, I bet you, if you asked Mark Ingram, he'd probably agree. Yeah, right on. Well, this is a great team because they are so unselfish enough. I've met Mac and talked to him just for a bit, and the guy's just, he's golden. So moving on, instead of Sark or Lane Kiffin, how about Hugh Freeze? Is that yeah. a possibility for Auburn? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I th- initially I thought, like, it'd probably be Hugh Freeze. And, um, okay. you know, the, the problem that they're going to have is with Hugh Freeze's issues with, uh, you know, the, the SEC and some of the other stuff that happened when he was at Ole Miss. And right. I'm not even judging him. I, I don't know what happens and doesn't happen in recruiting. It's not what I do. Um, but he obviously got in a lot of trouble. And because of that, yeah. you know, he didn't, you know, it, it's it's definitely up in the air for him. I'll put it like that. Uh, but I think he would do a good job. I mean, I think he's a really good coach. Honestly, I think all those guys are. I even think Gus Malzahn's a good coach. You know? And if I was Tennessee and I could slide him in there and let Auburn pay for it, why not? Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, look, man, I'll wrap it up. So this one's for Dan Mullins. And uh, this takes from a song back in the beach uh, music day. So you being down there, Fairhope with Yacht Rock. So this is a 1960 song. But this is a... Uh, a song we'll call a uh, shoe launcher. He didn't take that shoe and throw it. He launched it. Okay. Yeah. So you ready? Yeah. I'm shoe launcher. I'm shoe launcher. Watch the shoes go by. My, my, my. I'm shoe launcher. I'm shoe launcher. Here comes one now. Watch out, number three. Here it comes. All right, Tim from Birmingham. Thank you, my friend. Roll Tide, brother. Roll Tide. Yeah. All right, well, Tim Tim hitting us up with a song. All right, I'm going to do one more call, and then that's it for the night. Uh, you're on Bama Insider. How's it going? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is uh, William. I'm calling from Birmingham. Well, every and, team does, right? Uh, and it had it had been very prevalent lately. It's just been a few times, but I'm just looking back at uh, Louisiana Monroe in 2008. That's that's our 2007. That's Nick Saban's first year. So, uh, I always I love Bama, and I always want to be as high as possible with everything going on but always remember there is that very low yeah and look the other team can beat you if you don't go out there and do the things that you got to do and nick saban has constantly talked about that and i agree look florida has the players that can challenge alabama and and you know obviously florida looked past lsu getting ready for alabama 
and it cost him. I mean, at least it seems that way. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you're and, in Alabama, you got to be you you got to be focused. And look, this, but this is a championship game too. And, you win this, you get a ring. And how fired up do you think they're going to be going into that game? Yeah, after think, losing one. Yeah. Well, this is like just like LSU last week. This is an opportunity for them to save their season. You know, after the shoe toss. So yeah, but yeah, this, you're right. Like. I, like I said, I love my team and I love where we've been, but you always have to remember the lows yeah. to appreciate the highs. Awesome, man. Well, anything else? You're the last call of the night before I uh, kind of wrap things up. No, that's it. I just want to remind the people on here is like, I know we're riding a high for about for about 11 years now of and just just remember where we were when they were low to be appreciated yeah of it yeah i'm with you man well thanks roll tide roll tide brother and i think that's that's the key about any like any any sports is that you always have to remember that hey look you could lose and if you're not prepared, but I feel like in championship games, it's a lot easier to get everyone's attention because you have a chance to to win a, a championship. You get a chance to win a ring. And that's what Alabama will be playing for on Saturday. I appreciate all you guys that called into the show. Didn't talk much Alabama and Arkansas, but a perfect 10-0 regular season. Here on Bama Insider, we got a huge week for you. We got signing day on Wednesday. Obviously, we got the the game on Saturday that we'll be previewing. So two really big things that we'll be focused on this week. And now the firing of Gus Malzahn and the the new coach that Auburn will be having that directly affects Alabama. You know, this is, is going to be really, really interesting to kind of see how that pans out as well. Hey, whether you're an Alabama fan, a college football fan, whatever, for whatever reason you joined us tonight, we appreciate it. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the Bama Insider Channel. We love all you guys. Thank you for being part of our family, as Kyle Henderson would say. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, we will have the Monday Night Quarterback Show. Kyle Henderson, Tony Sukalis, Trey Yannity, and me will be chopping it up, talking about everything going on in college football. Uh, Wednesday, we have the National Signing Day show. We'll be on there as Alabama starts getting these uh, commitment letters signed, and we know exactly what the class looks like with the coaching change down at Auburn, everything going on around the conference, including things down at LSU. could be a really interesting Wednesday, so uh, make sure you, you check here for all the latest on that. And then every Friday night when we got a game, I always invite you guys – to check out the Bama Insider Tailgate Show. That's from 6 to 8 Central Time. We're going to be doing that from Old Forge Moonshine Distillery in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee this week. So that'll be on Friday night. So anyway, thanks all you guys for watching. Uh, Again, thumbs up, subscribe, and we'll do it again real soon. Roll Tide, everybody. Thanks.